millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to the National Treasures Podcast, the podcast with me, Laura Lex, and him... Will Duggan, that's still me. That's still you, that's always you, babe. Where we go on Days Out and take you with us. This week, we are chatting to the epically brilliant podcasting hero of comedy, Richard Herring. Hello, Richard. Hello. That's a nice introduction. Is it nice to be introduced? Because you host a podcast where you have to write loads of intros. So I was like, oh, it must be quite nice to be introduced. Yeah, that is nice, yeah. Though I'm quite sarcastic about my guests and always pick their, <laughs> pick their least famous thing and pretend it's their most famous thing. So it was nice to get to, you know, something that was... Yeah, I remember being on yours and you found this, like, student film I did about ten years ago filmed in a car park in Milton Keynes. That's the kind of guy I am, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> horrible. It's horrible. I'm horrible. <laughs> well, fr- fr- from a personal note, I'm quite enjoying this intro because we're Zooming with Richard as well and you're wearing your Me One First Me Two snooker t-shirt but then I when am. you moved, you moved for tech issues before the record, there's a snooker table behind you. I was like, I feel like I'm seeing behind the wizard's curtain here. Bit of promo, bit of prop. In my head then for a second... Wizard's curtain was a euphemism, but it's sleeve. <laughs> Wizard's sleeve, it, mate, yeah. Sorry. Is it bad? I've just been out to the shops wearing my own, a T-shirt with myself on it twice. In fact, it's me one and me two and my name. But it was underneath my coat, so I think it's all right. I think it's all right to wear your own merch. It's, it was is the it only a, clean thing I've Is it a Richard Harry Lesser Square Theatre podcast coat? Uh, no, it's not. No, no that's fine. Then but you're okay. That's, yeah, that's fine. Good. All right. I'm no wearing a t-shirt to show off. I finished my ultra marathon, so we're all wearing yeah. show-off clothes. Except that's Will, who just looks dashing in a striped t-shirt. A bl- just wearing a blue polo neck. <laughs> um, thank you for sending us to Cheddar Gorge. Oh, my pleasure. Did you enjoy it? Well, we had a great time. So I grew up in similar area to you. I grew up just down the road in Taunton. That's right, So yeah. I've been to Cheddar a million times as a kid, but I swear not a second of it felt familiar <laughs> right, at all. Right, OK. <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre. Um, so you grew up in Cheddar, that's right, isn't it? I, I did. I moved there when I was eight. So I, I was born in Yorkshire and lived in Leicestershire for a bit and then after that and then... Um, we, my dad got a job as the headmaster of uh, Kings of Wessex, which is the Cheddar Upper School, and so we all moved to Cheddar, and I went to that school, which I did a show called Headmaster's Son about, because he was my yeah. headmaster. And I worked at Cheddar Cave, so that was sort of <gasps> almost my first what? job uh, out what of the university. What did you do? I was, uh, well, you were sort of cave guide, but um, as you pr- as probably is still the case, this was 1983 or four, but they had uh, commentaries around the caves rather than someone showing around the caves. My brother was a cave guide and he was a little older than me and he actually did guided tours of the cave but sometime in the early
early 80s, they decided to move to their pre-recorded yeah. messages, which were actually terrible because you would stand it. You had to then stand in the cave to make sure people didn't break things, and just <laughs> and then listen to these these intro, you know, these same two-minute pieces over and over again. They moved you around. You're allowed. It was it was crazy. You weren't allowed to uh, spend more than two hours down there, I think. And so you, you got loads of breaks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went in this little gate guide room, but it sort of drove you nuts. But so, but I, you, there was different. Like I worked uh, in Jacob's ladder for a bit. Sometimes oh. taken. Some people paid just to go, in those days. You could pay just to go up Jacob's ladder, so which was fifty p. But hardly anyone ever did that. So if anyone came and paid to just go up Jacob's ladder, and I was on the de- cash desk, I would just keep the money and not give them a ticket. And I must have made. <laughs> I must have made one pound fifty. Out of that little cheat, that lovely sweet scam. So, uh, <laughs> but in 1983, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, That's 15 That's Mars it. bars. Yeah. Yeah. I think once I answered a woman's questions, I got I got another 50p. That's up to two pounds. Two quid I, now. Two quid. I'm up to two quid. I, uh, but this, I mean, I wasn't officially allowed to take tips, so that it was again illegal. Uh, and uh, she, she was so impressed by my me answering two questions, she gave me 50p. So, which I did again illegally take from her. Did I ever tell you, yeah, Laura, too. about when just saying people recognising Richard from doing the tour guiding? When someone came into a bar, came up to me in a bar and said, "Are you Will Duggan?" And I thought, "Here we go, it's finally happening." I said, "Yes, I am." And this man said, "The barman's looking for you. Apparently, your card declined." Like, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had that same. I had that same experience. And it then went on to be the re- you know in Alan Partridge that happens where someone comes to you Alan Partridge goes you this you've left your, you've dropped your credit card yeah that happened to that happened to me that when I was first on TV I was sitting in the bar at um, the Riverside Studios I think and someone came and said are you Richard Herring and I went yeah here we go here it's it's beginning <laughs> and this, you've dropped you dropped your <laughs> you dropped your credit card <laughs> and then and then Peter Bainham nicked that and put it put it on uh, Alan Partridge bastard yeah. I had a good one of those. I, I got into Brighton Station at 1am and somebody was like fast asleep. So you know when you nudge them, you're like, oh, we've, we're in now. Like, don't, for God's sake, stay on the train and end up back in London. And I woke him up and then I went into the station to wait for Tom to pick me up and the guy came over and he was looking really groggy and he just went, are you off the telly? <laughs> and then he was like, I was so confused when you woke me up. I couldn't work out if I was still asleep. And he sort of <laughs> vaguely recognised me, but not enough to have a clue who I was. But it's was just like, what is happening? It's like, why are you in Brighton at 1am? I was like, well, this is the reality of being a comedian that you've barely heard of. I once, I'll tell you, the, the, a really surreal one of those. I was on a bus in Manchester when I did live in Manchester. And someone came up to me and said, are you a comedian? And I was, I was barely an open spot at the point, And I thought... The stories are true. Yes, I am. <laughs> and she went, like, um, were you at the Frog and Bucket last Thursday? And I said, yes, I was, because I had been. And then she shouted at me for hitting on her friend, taking her friend home and never calling her again. But it wasn't <laughs> me. It was Dan Nightingale. Uh, but the, 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 this is a very yeah. common face in comedy. Yeah. So the fact that it, I was a comedian, I had been at that gig, my protestations of being this exact comedian went unfounded. I got told off on a bus for about 35 minutes for not being Dan Nightingale. Yeah, and I but never to be... Been. To be fair, you know, if you say that, if one comedian's done something wrong, just have a go at another one. They'll probably have done that yeah. as well. You've so, definitely you know, done stuff so, wrong that you didn't get told off for so, over the years. Yes, I got away with it. Don't, don't, don't ruin it for me. It all, it all evens out. It all evens out. So... 
back to Cheddar Gorge. Yes, of course. When was the last time you went? Um, it's quite a while. Because obviously it was it actually closed down. I wanted to send you there and I thought it wasn't back opening, but it's literally just open. It closed down during COVID, but it's been having a few bad years. And I, and the people, my contacts at Cheddar Caves uh, were emailing me saying they thought it, that was it. It wasn't going to open up again. So I'm delighted yeah. that it has opened up again. I don't, I think I've, you know, I, I must have taken Katie at some point, but I think very early in our relationship when that's we, you how know, you woo a girl yeah you take them just to check they're okay <laughs> I, there's something you need to know i come from a town that has some mediocre caves in it and you have to see oh them i'd say better than mediocre. <laughs> i suppose what i'm asking is have yeah. you been since they changed uh was Cox's it Cox's Cave? cave? Cox's was the oh magical they, one full of videos? Uh, they've changed it so many times. So, like when I was there, they the, the, when it. I know all the history of this because I've tried to write several dramas about Cheddar Caves, including a historical one, including a kind of eighties one, and including one now. It's, the, it's an idea that I've come back to and had been commissioned to write and had rejected <laughs> three or four oh, times but, uh, but that Cox's Cave the, there's a bit at the end that was originally Pavey's Cave there was this eccentric uh, character in Cheddar who I love called Roland Pavey who used to do water divining and t- thought he could fly thought you have invisible wings he was trying to learn how to fly like your angel wings are there uh, and he tried to find a cave with dynamite which is how quite a few of them were found, uh, but didn't succeed. But in the end, it had blown up a big enough hole to open as a cave. <laughs> uh, so that the bit at the end of Cox's cave is Pavey's cave, which is just an, an exploded thing. Which then eventually they blew. Uh, you know, they they created. Tun- most of it's just created tunnels, and there's a lot of. Again, having having looked into it, but there's a lot of jiggery pokery about what's real and yeah. what's what's been moved about, and uh, and most of the tunnels are, are man-made, right? So that to, they get you from place to place. So the tunnel that leads down into whatever this is now uh, is is man-made. And when I was there, it was just like there was one of those static, you know, those balls you put your hand on and static electricity oh. flies around. Oh, I so, love them. Yeah, like an so that, underground yeah. generator. Yeah, underground sort of that. It. It's sort of that thing. So there's a few things like that, and then it turned into i think the last time i went it was like a lord of the rings without being lord of the rings <laughs> style adventure well, that you went through is that what it is now or is it moved richard on from that? let us tell you what it is now <laughs> it is and i want i want to go on record as being someone who'd never been to cheddar before and had a lovely time cox's cave was the biggest pile of wank i've ever been to in my life it's like it's almost like it starts off with being the evolution of man from Australopithecus up to Homo sapien. Are you right. throwing in the word Australopithecus? Very I've good. got an archaeology degree, Laura. I know what I'm on about. You bloody uh, love the Dark Ages. It's not the Dark... You know what you're doing and I won't write <laughs> it. Uh, <clears throat> but then suddenly you turn about three or four corners <laughs> and it becomes about the fight between wolf and man. <laughs> and it's just... A, it, it, it's very weird. Like All the wolves in it are almost stylized Disney villains like their eyes glow red with their satanic wow. lusts i think it's just a hungry dog mate let him eat and then <laughs> by the end you're in what will be i imagine is pavy's cave being yeah. almost like chamber and it's i mean borderline racist african tribesque music <laughs> with these stick men you've been following around dancing being like the one thing that unites us is the will of the human spirit it was wow. unbelievable <laughs> 
Well, you know, in the, in the old days, you would pay for each exhibition. Each you could, There was a ticket to go and see everything, but you were allowed to pay to see things individually. So people would ask, where should you go? And if you were going to one, you probably should go to Goff's. But Cox's did have this lovely, some lovely uh, stalactites and stalagmites and, and that sort of stuff in it. Um, but yeah, they've always struggled to make that extra bit work. I don't know why, yeah. <laughs> which is a shame, because if you're paying to see everything, which you do now, you might as well just say, OK, well, go and have a look at this little cave and enjoy it and then move on. But- I kind of loved that they'd gone down a different route with it because we had such a good time in in Goff's cave that then I think if they'd just left Cox's as a sort of little nuggety cave, it would have been a disappointment afterwards. So the fact that I laughed my head off all the way round at this, like, breathy voice (laughs) telling me to find the inner wolf inside me was was really lovely. I really enjoyed myself. Because we went to Wookiee Hole last series, so you obviously you can't help but compare the two. Yeah, unfortunately. And it feels like... Both of the two are very much trying to compete with a world that maybe isn't as interested in caves as it should be. But Cheddar has so many great things, and like mm. like the, you know, I guess where this where this display is coming from is the fact that they found Cheddar Man was found that is there, who's got is is a very notable archaeological find. Now I think you can see a copy of in the museum if that's still there. I don't know if the museum's still It's in the cave, it's in Goff's cave. They should do a documentary called Searching for Cheddar Man. Oh is it now? Uh, yeah, yeah. So where there's a copy where they found the original. Right, okay. Oh yeah, because I thought it was real. <laughs> Laura thought it was the real Cheddar Man. <laughs> But they found also there's a, there's a fantastic Alfred jewel as well that was found nearby. So there's loads of great archaeology. Oh, there's a thin little thing with a picture of King Alfred on it, I think, uh, or like something that might have been ceremonial for King Alfred. And there's and there's and there's loads of um, a great caveman finds there as well. And the and the uh, Cheddar Man is there's been in the in the news a lot. Alice Roberts writes about him in a, one of her recent books. Uh, he's related to. They did a DNA test, and my history teacher was a direct. Re- Relative of Cheddar Man on the on the female side through his mitochondria, so he's got these great stories. So I don't think they need to try so hard to do all the you know they've just they, they yeah. try a bit hard with stuff. Then I think I think I think they you know there's so and the history of how they were found and the way they and and the way that uh, you know the again there's a Stephen Fry thing about the Edwardians and the Victorians. I can't remember which one. It's probably in the Victorian one where they talk about the competing. Um, you know, sales patter at Cheddar Station, which there used to be a railway station there, as people would try and persuade you to come to Cox's or Goff's or wherever. Uh, and so there was, you know, I think this fascinating... Cheddar Gorge is fantastic and beautiful, but all the really beautiful stuff is much further up than the cave. So a lot of people come to the Cheddar Gorge, you go as far as Goff's Cave, and you might see the beginnings of some cliffs and stuff but the actual if you go further up it's it's like breathtaking you know so it's it's sort of weird the way cheddar is focused around um these you know this it's it it has changed i've been up there you know i've been up the gorge a few times recently and it's definitely changing and um we we, the last time we went the the caves weren't open so i took the kid we took the kids to watch the cheese being made and stuff like that so there is there is things to do up there uh but um yeah it it feels you didn't march them up jacob's ladder did you you i didn't i did they're they're a bit too young but i I had to go up every day and when i worked there Mm. you had to run up 
the stairs. Well, you know, I did run up, but you didn't have to run up. And then unlock the tower and then run down again <laughs> and open oh. the vault and then go up at the end and lock it again. So it, got, it kept you pretty fit. Yeah. And there's, a, there's a secret way up the back so you don't have to uh, pay. You can get because you can get up onto the top of the the mendips without paying to go up those stairs, and it's a bit it's quite it's not quite as steep a climb either. So you know, unless you really want to go up loads of steps, you don't you don't have to. Well done to all of us for the maturity there. For no one laughing at, there's a secret way up the back of the gorge. <laughs> well done, everyone. <laughs> if you were a caveman, yes. would you want to be a hunter or a gatherer? Oh, good question. I mean, I would love to be a hunter just because that sounds like more fun, but I don't think I'd be very good at it. I've, I've sort of a bit better at I don't think I could throw a spear and kill, a, kill a, an animal. And I don't think... Did they have bows and arrows in those days? Probably not. They did. Not, uh, did they? They also mm. had the wheel. They did have a wheel, but that's not much good for get, catching a, a, a yak. Laura and I discuss, uh, we do a Patreon-only podcast where we do deep dives on years, and sometimes Laura will have to stop and ask, have we invented the wheel by this point? (laughs) And we're talking like 1250. It's like, yeah, the Romans have gone, Laura. We've got the wheel. (laughs) History confuses me. I refuse to accept that the Romans came before the Vikings. You can't refuse to accept that. That's just Bananas. (laughs) Like, this is my slippery slope into anti-vax flat-earthing that I just think you're wrong if you think the Romans came first. I, yeah. I feel like it was like Romans, Victorians, us. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no, there's no way to prove you're wrong because you know the experts say that the evidence shows that. But you know what? What we're sick of know? experts, Richard. We're, we're sick, sick of experts, <laughs> and that makes more sense to me as well. Because yeah. the Romans are better than the Vikings, right? So they must come after the Vikings. The They're Romans be- must have been in Cheddar because they were all over yeah. the West Country, weren't they? Bath and Wells and all that stuff. Yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, copper mining, as a tin mining around uh, at, the, at the top of the gorge, again, up where the good point is, and lead mining and stuff. So, uh... Would you rather be a stalagmite or a stalactite? Oh, that's a good question. Very good question. I feel like the stalactites do most of the work, right? The stalagmites just take the glory. They're at the bottom waiting for the drip to come down, and the stalactites are the drip. They're the place the drip is coming from. So it feels like if either of them are the creative one, it's the stalactite dripping down, and the stalagmite is taking the glory by just being splashed on and then creating often a, a better thing at the bottom than the, the top, to be you fair. You're just so talking I think, euphemisms. I, th- I think I'd rather be a stalactite. You can't really fail with stalactites and stalagmites. That's, that's the most euphemistic uh, piece of stone. You've chosen to be the busy one. You like yeah. Stalactites the... own the means of production, Laura. <laughs> the yeah. creative one, I would say. I want to be the creative one. If it is a penis, I like to imagine my the, the sperm is dropping out of my penis <laughs> and uh, impregnating the stone beneath me. It's the and the stalagmites are holding on to all the penis, just <laughs> hoarding it like a dragon, just building and building. It's like the masculine one, and the fe- and the stalagmite is the is the feminine taking the seed and yeah. growing growing a growing a baby and turning That's it like... into something wonderful. <laughs> um, what kind of penis uh, did you like, Laura? Oh, one that worked. Okay. Um, <laughs> one that worked like... and not, not over the process of thousands of years of dripping. Yeah, although <laughs> that is my experience with fertility, is that it does take yeah. thousands of years. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm a stalagmite. When you took your kids to Cheddar Gorge, did yeah. they love it or were they a bit ambivalent? How did you feel watching your next generation experience it? Yeah, well, they because they they haven't. I don't think they've been in the caves. If they have, if, if Phoebe's been in, it's only been as a baby. So they've only been up to see the stuff. So they played mini golf, which was it was quite you know just put, putting, but it was quite busy and it was quite a horrendous experience mm. of just oh, waiting, sorry, you know, yeah. queuing. And they, well, just because the kids weren't very good at golf, and then you were aware there's three families behind you, and there's three families in front of you, and it was just not enjoyable. But I think they quite enjoyed that. They, they, the cheese. Did they like watching the cheese being made? Not really. Um, and there wasn't much. We had a nice. Pe- there's a not very good new. There's some nice new stuff up there. There's some very good restaurants uh, in Cheddar Gorge, which there used to be a nice Cantonese, which I think is still there. But that's where we mainly went as kids. There was a Cantonese takeaway, and we'd have mainly chips from there. I think to be fair, but uh, and there was a good fish and chip shop. But now there's an Indian restaurant, and there's a very good Italian restaurant, which used to be the ice cream shop just uh, on the that goes on the sort of. Uh, where the where the river's coming down and sort of about halfway up that I would highly recommend. I can't remember what it's called, but we we've been there a few times. The kids like that because mm-hmm. they get pizza and ice cream. But yeah, they've been a bit. They haven't really. I haven't yet had a chance to bore them like my dad used to bore me with. Every time you'd go back to where he we, he grew up in Middlesbrough, and every time we would go back and tell the same stories as we drove past landmarks where things happened in his <laughs> life. I haven't yet told them about the fifty p's and and. Uh, in Jacob's, We've got the inside scoop, Laura. Yeah. They're going to listen Basically, to... like Richard's first children now. <laughs> Let's get Herring cancelled, the thief. <laughs> but the, the manager of Cheddar Caves at the time, there was a manager and deputy manager in a relationship, but I'm not sure. When I wrote the sitcom, I thought that I, I, I think I imagined this that they were pretending not to be in a relationship. I think in reality, that everyone knew they were in a relationship. But there was an older woman who was the manager and a kind of younger, t- very tall, slightly trendy guy who was the deputy manager. And they were sacked because during lunch at time, uh, the manager would take over the booth to give the lady on the booth selling tickets some time off. And then she would get out the tickets from last year, the group tickets from last year, and sell those for an hour and then pocket all the money. So it, was, it wasn't showing up on any of the records. But again, I mean, really, she must have made maybe 20 or 30 pounds at lunchtime, <laughs> you know, because she couldn't, she'd have had to put a few through anyway. And it wasn't like, that's not a very busy time and it's not a great, you know, and so she was caught and sacked. <laughs> <laughs> as the manager but that's I just sort of was fascinated that someone I don't, I don't suppose she was being paid loads but that someone was prepared to kind of give up their job in yeah. order to do the same thing I was doing <laughs> on a smaller quite, scale quite fitting though that people are still like being sneaky and shysters in a place that was sort of built by, you know, yeah. I think it was a, an uncle and nephew of Dynasty, yeah. and there was like the dad and certainly. three sons, wasn't it? Because they killed their mule because they loved the cave so much. So it, it sort of feels. You've, you've misremembered that quite badly. <laughs> they loved the cave and they said they loved the mule, they loved but they the still mule. worked it to death. <laughs> but they were very sad when it died. Yeah, but they they worked it to death. You can't claim to be sad after you've murdered something. The hamster's still hanging on as well. Oh, that's good. God, um, no, it's not. Will's got a bored, sick little hamster. She oh, just okay. needs to die, Richard. Like, it's, it's, yeah. It's, we've had it, you know... But oh, just get rid. Sorry to interrupt the flow, but that bloody hamster just stinks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing your sitcom being played by the cast of Ghosts. Yeah, that would that could work. That could work. It was you know it's been a while since. I mean, it's coming round. When you've been in the, in the business as long as I have, 
that you know enough people change that every 10 years you can go and pitch the same things again so I think we're coming round to me pitching the Cheddar Caves idea again at some point would you like I to would... add me and Will to it yeah, yeah you can say Laura grease, grease can be the wheels before Matthew Bainton and Lolly Anaphobia gets more work maybe we try and get us a little part <laughs> so they might be good I'll tell you but... who needs some acting jobs the cast of Ghosts <laughs> they're so good Will they're, they they're like good. a they're, they're one of the few people in comedy I don't feel blood boilingly jealous of every time they do something they are, they are I good. can actually enjoy it and they're wonderful and I, I enjoyed y- uh, Yonderland I thought the Bill film was actually better than it was received but also if we're talking to the creator of a sitcom maybe pitch <laughs> us before anyone else <laughs> alright Will what character are you playing? That tall, willowy, uh, nice one. <laughs> I've got the gym, Richard, I don't mind. The trendy one. Yeah, trendy. You could be the trendy guy. I, um, I, I, would, I would really love, to, you know, I would always want, I think Cheddar's a great setting for something. Yeah. And, I would, and, and also it's slightly in the doldrums. And I would love to just write a drama or comedy that just got people, you know, really going back there, you know, and just or just put it back on the map. Uh, or even just brought the film industry to Cheddar, you know, for for six months of the year to film something. So it's it's a so, I just there, out of everything I've done, it would be the thing I'd most like to get done, just so that I could go back home and people go, oh, thanks, Rich, for remembering Cheddar. But you know, I feel like they, I feel like it's sort of a funny place. You know, Cheddar's a funny place to grow up. It's like you know, mm. it, wherever you mention the world, people will know it's a cheese, and um, and so that's funny. And having the name Herring is a sort of comedy thing to grow up with as well. So I just it just like it's sort of I'm not sure how much my comic sensibility comes out of you know growing up in a place called Cheddar that sort of is you know slightly it's a great yeah. place but it's, it's it's a slightly comic place as a result of of, it, of well, all of these things. It was something that I I don't know if it's my ignorance but I genuinely didn't realise that cheddar cheese came from Cheddar Gorge until we went last week. I'm 35. I thought it was just a case of homonyms or whatever, just same names. Because if you go to Melton Mowbray or Stilton, they never shut up about it. <laughs> Do you know, like, but I, yeah. I, I just thought... And then when I arrived, I thought, oh, my God, this is where the cheese is from. Maybe they need well, to I think a bit it's, more song I, and dance about it. I don't think... I think you're right that it isn't, though. I think it's, it's um, you know, it's named after the town, but I don't think it was ever really made in the town. But there is there someone now who makes it in the town oh, in order right. to say we're the only place that makes it. So it was never like, this is where all cheddar is made. I think I think there was definitely... They, were, they made it. It used to be stored in the caves and stuff. Yeah, so, they still do. Um, yeah, so, it, they, so it, was, it was made there, but I, I don't think it was a big... I may be wrong about that, and if I am, I'm very sorry, Cheddar. But as my as my understanding of it is that it was just named after Cheddar, and then Cheddar have not surprisingly kind of grabbed onto that a little bit. But it may maybe mm. it's maybe it started in Cheddar. I don't know. It's interesting that you feel so much affection for Cheddar because obviously, if you grew up, you know, eight years in Yorkshire, do you yeah. have projects from the other places you lived, or did Cheddar sort of sneak into your heart in a different way? I, I think it's you know the early years because I was four when I left Yorkshire. In fact, so I lived in Leicestershire, so I was naught to four in Yorkshire, which I, I still support York City Football Club, who've done, who've done well this season for the first time in a long time and have been promoted from a terrible division to a slightly less terrible division. Um, <laughs> and I'm still I still see myself as a Yorkshireman as a result of being born in Yorkshire. Then I lived I lived in but most of my memories are from Leicester, Loughborough, where I lived for four years. Uh, which so we're from the age of four to eight, but then you know I think eight to eighteen is is such a sort mm. of formative time comparatively. So even you know my daughter's now seven, so 
she, you know, thinking, oh, well, you know, I was a year older than when we moved to Cheddar. That, you know, most of the stuff that happens before you're eight, you don't really... I've got memories from Loughborough and I've got very few memories from Yorkshire, but, you know, obviously most of the things that happened to me happened yeah. in Cheddar. And I, it was a very idyllic and lovely, it, despite my dad being my headmaster uh, for a good part of it, it was a very lovely, innocent childhood, you know, and I think it was still... I mean, there's, there are there, there there were bad things in Cheddar, and there was quite a lot of drugs. I think latterly towards the end, not that they ever came near me, and not that uh, you know, and most people in the countryside when they're fourteen start having sex with each other because there's nothing else to do. But I didn't. I no one was interested in having sex with me <laughs> while I was in Cheddar. So um, so you know, I but I so I, I was you know, it was a it was an idyllic childhood that it lasted as long as I was there. My parents are still there, and I still go back regularly, you know, to to see my my parents um so yeah i think that's the place that i have most affection for um you know pocklington where i was born i've been back to do, do a gig in but i don't remember it you know so it's a, that's a sort of weird place to go because you think oh you know i sort do i remember this i was four yeah. when i left do i i vaguely do i there's that clock tower there's that looming somewhere in my memory but uh and loughborough you go back and is that's exactly the same as it was in the 1970s <laughs> i was I, i'm quite near loughborough right uh, yeah. now Right, um, and I and I drove through it the other day, and I thought I've not been here since about 1997, and nothing's changed. <laughs> nothing's changed. Nothing like, Pocklington. Uh, I think yeah. the greatest stand-up gig I ever did was at the Pocklington Arts Centre. It's a nice it venue. Just, it was such a lovely, like a Christmas gig. Really yeah. nice. <laughs> well, shall we present Richard with some TripAdvisor yes. reviews of so, Gorge? Yeah, we like to have a little look through TripAdvisor, um, and. Because we are low-hanging fruit people, we're not interested in the good ones, but we must say uh, there are nearly 4,000 reviews of Cheddar Gorge on TripAdvisor. So 3,800. 3,000 of those 3,800 are five or four. Oh, that's um, good. That's and good. I've sort of... I've and, amalgamed... and two and a half thousand of those are Richard. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I, I've sort of amalgamed loads of them into one, like... Typical review of Cheddar Gorge. Came here lots as a child. I love it. It's so beautiful. £20 is quite a lot for a ticket, but you can see everything. A full day's worth of stuff. Goff's Cage is such a natural wonder. It is amazing. Cox's Cave was linked more to the prehistoric museum as depicts the evolution of early man, which is what you discussed. It does for a bit, and then it goes batshit crazy. Uh, The Gorge itself is also so pretty. I love the town too with the shops. They're all touristy, but not too tacky. Parking can be a bit of a nightmare, but if you arrive earlier, it's easier. That's basically the average review of Cheddar Gorge. That is is accurate to my summation. Yeah. However, loads of absolute nutters go to visit. (laughs) (laughs) This one is one of my favourite ones because it is so close to... Have you seen on Twitter that, like, conservatives getting owned? Yeah. It's like people are so close to realising that they're wrong, but without that final leap. Like, what? If someone in McDonald's should earn $15 an hour, so should a nurse. Like... Yeah, everyone should earn good money. You're so close to it. This one's amazing. Do not pre-book online. We could not find parking anywhere, and we went at Easter Bank holiday. Even when, <laughs> even when we headed further afield, the cars were queued up waiting for spaces, some families leaving the drivers who was unable to visit. Pre-booked means nothing with the car park, which I know is a different company. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the car parks are so full that if you parked on the side streets, the restrictions, uh, sorry, the, the residents would be unable to park. But don't worry, they've sorted that because it's all permit parking. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. people live there. I'll be honest with you, you need to remember that this is a large village rather than a town. I will say, though, I've been before off-peak and it's been absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> I would also End say to review. people I would also say to people having trouble to park if you head up towards Fairland School all the roads around there had uh, just free parking and uh, that's where I went when we went up I think at Easter or maybe it was the no it was the it was it was August it was August the last time we went and there was nowhere to park we dropped dropped everyone off and I it's about you know it's about a 10 minute walk just and yeah. you just have to walk through some insider streets. information so that's, the, that's the way it. it should go yeah, but I love that guy being like, we booked for a different company. That didn't help yeah. us. Also, I've been before when it's not so famously busy and that was fine. Uh, yeah. Next one. I didn't get any further than Googling the price. <laughs> <laughs> by, by, the time I, by the time I'd worked out how much it would cost for two adults, brackets, both pensioners, and our grandson, then in brackets, who has learning difficulties, you might as well kiss half our pensions goodbye. What? I don't think so, because it's 20 quid each max anyway. Um, and then this one from a person who seems to love Cheddar Gorge, but will not stop until it shuts. <laughs> I love that sort of person that loves it so much they want it to be perfect and doesn't realise they're killing it in the... Yeah. It's like my mother's approach to raising me. <laughs> I know full well that I've rated this terrible but it is only because it is so sad to see how the lovely place is dying on its feet. Oh, the no. main attraction has closed. By the way, this review was written during the lockdown. <laughs> uh, and a lot of the outlets, those that are open, have got sales on. The only thing I can say is try and support a business if you visit by purchasing something. And he's thought, how can I help? I'll probably leave him a one-star review on the internet. <laughs> and I'll definitely do them a favour. I don't understand what the point of that one is. Like in a... In an airborne pandemic, they have closed a cave with, <laughs> like, bad air at the best of times. And I'm mad about that. Yeah. Uh, th- then three stars. This person, again, so close. Jacob's ladder is hard to climb. We were mm-hmm. so tired by the time we got to the top, we turned around and went home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is kind of how I felt by the time I got to the top. Will made me go up the tower, and honestly, I just wanted to die. But we did make it up, and then we had to go back down and have a, a sandwich. Um, it's a, you know, I was it's furious. Not, it gets some nice views at the top, but you can, like you say, you can get you can get up on the cliffs. You don't have to you, quite easily. Do they still do the bus? Is the bus part of it? Is, is it really only twenty quid? I think that's a phenomenal value if it is twenty quid. I, I would have yeah, thought it'd it be because there is a lot it's of great stuff value, there, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, a day. there's an open top bus that wasn't there when I was there. There's an open top bus that takes you up. You can go up the gorge and with the commentary. I don't know if that's still there, but that was there for a little while. And you know, you don't have to go up the, uh, Jacob's ladder. There was there used to be a museum, but there's no museum now. So there's a Costa there now instead. Um, so maybe yeah. it's not quite as good as for good value as it was. But twenty pounds seems. You know, I've been to because that I've first been to, cave is big, isn't it? Yeah. And like, I can't remember which what cavern it was but that cathedral one yeah the St Paul's Cathedral oh, the cathedral's yeah. amazing oh my goodness that was, in uh, that was worth the ticket price alone just yeah, that is to amazing. kind yeah. of stand there and go I can't believe this is here it's, is it, it was just called crazy. striation on the wall is that what it's called I can't remember the, that. So basically, it's sort of like, it's like a stalactite and a stalagmite, but against the wall, so it's just yeah. coursing water. But it couldn't have looked more like an organ pipe. Mm. Yeah. And I know that we are lucky to be in a position where 
we can afford to go in and pay that money. But for 20 quid for a day, because we, we were there hours and we did less than half of what we could have done. We had to go because we lived yeah. miles away. But it was unbelievable. Uh, then the final one, this one, it's actually a four-star review. Oh. But it's, oh, is it's it a just, bit shady, though? It's just so nimbiest. Uh, like, the guy hates the company. He'd have hated you, Richard, with your 50p stealing. Because right. the whole point of his review is, firstly, and probably most importantly, you do not have to pay to go up Jacob's Ladder or do the Gorge Top Walk. These are public right. rights of access. <laughs> they put, And then it's like, they put turnstiles conveniently near the bottom to make it look like you can pay in. If anyone tries to stop you, assert your rights and go up. <laughs> just, just calm down. Wow. Uh, I'm not gonna, it's not a very interesting thing to read but the fact that he's like anonymous for English <laughs> heritage really made me laugh <laughs> but yeah like I say overall the uh, average one it's lovely and I think we'd agree with that we had a great time tonight. Yeah. good good yeah. thank you very much for sending us we had My a pleasure. lovely lovely day oh I'm glad yeah, I'm glad you thank did you so much now, we have a weird point on this podcast where we now sort of say, is there anything you'd like to plug? Knowing full well our listenership is much smaller than any other outlet you have. So is there anything you'd like to plug to a small but feisty group of people? I want people yes. who've definitely also heard it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do a podcast called Rich Shane's Left Square Theatre Podcast around Leicester Prince called now because I do it in other places. It's probably how you heard of this one. <laughs> and uh, I am doing uh, and run in Edinburgh for, from the 3rd to the 14th at 1pm uh, where I'll, I've got some good names already. Janine Garofalo's doing it and uh, Ed Gamble and uh, Tim Key. So there's lots, lots of good names already. Uh, and we're doing another run in London. I've got a book coming out in October Ooh. called Can I Have My Ball Back? Which is about my recent run in with testicular cancer. But it's pretty funny. It's a pretty funny book. Uh, so uh, do buy that. That's so exciting. Thank you so much for sending us. And thank you for chatting with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. And also, if this is uh, your first time being aware of cornerstone of British comedy, Richard Herring, on the Strange Podcast, <laughs> do check out his body of work. He's done some great stuff. <laughs> he's been busy. He's, he's not slacking off. <laughs> What a lovely chat that was. Thank you so much to Richard Herring for joining us for that. Isn't he nice, William? He's a nice man, a funny man, and he, I just like him a lot, actually, Laura. Yeah, and thank you for listening, listeners. Now, it's over to you as to what we get up to for the next two weeks. Last month, we covered Concord, boo, and Pin-Up Girls. Yay! <laughs> this... <laughs> naughty, that, isn't it? That's naughty, that, Laura. Why? Because for the listener, we're recording this before we've recorded the Pin-Up episode. So Laura has then <laughs> told you you've enjoyed it, which puts the pressure on the record. Yeah, well, you got the better subject, so you better have made it good. I had to research Concord. Fucking woof. Anyway, so what do you want us to research and tell each other about for the next two weeks? Your options are stalagmites and tights. We can find out about famous ones across the world. Good ones, bad ones. What are they? Mm. We, we've got bats and wolves. Just bats and wolves. Just, they're great, aren't they? Bats and wolves. We've also got Victorian-era animals, as inspired by the dead donkey. Do you want us to have a look at animals in the Victorian era? And we've also got, due to that terrible cave with its also attraction, gimmicky attractions around the world. Laura and I would discuss some awful things that you could go and do. 
Yeah. As bad as that cave. So we'll put a poll up on Twitter, but also you can comment on Instagram, on our... Um, do we have a Facebook, Will? We don't have a Facebook. It's a dying medium. Yeah, all right. Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter, so let us know there or drop us an email if you want to do it privately. Get your vote in as to what you want us to talk about and we will do it. Uh, we are at Treasures Pod on social medias or email us tr- Treasures Oh, national three, yeah. National Treasures Podcast at gmail.com. Lovely. And if you want to have discuss what you're going to talk about with other like-minded people, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash national treasures, where you sign up for five pounds a month, get all our bonus in stuff, and that gives you access to the Discord, which is frankly the favourite Discord that I'm in. Yeah. And you get like two years of a weekly podcast of years and years, don't you? Yeah, you get all the back stuff as well, of course. So, yeah, join us on Patreon. And also, we love you, and we'll see you next week. Love you, bye. Bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.